Hey, and welcome to the April episode of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, Fart Faces. Hey, did I ever tell you that your lips are as beautiful as a clobman's pickle rind? Let's get into this week's show. Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. The podcast, it's kind of like a bad rash. We come back every week no matter how hard you try to stop us. Join our supporters by heading over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. You can find us on every single social media outlet in the entire universe, even ones that haven't been invented yet. And now, let's talk about all things two-wheeled, except for bicycles and trikes. And, well, let's talk about them too. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to uh, the first show of April. <laughs> wow, shooting, it's already like three quarters of the way through April. Uh, before we get started, let's do a little disclaimer here. Uh, this is our weekly disclaimer. If you've uh, uh, never listened to the show before, we want to remind you that the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of Creative Writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates or sister shows, and any opinion is the respect of participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even Taylor Dunn drivers. Um, so, hey, everybody, welcome. This is April, baby. Um, hey, by the way, we got here in the studio with us, Mr. Tobor 9000. Hi, Tobor, you like that? Hi, Tobor, how are you doing, man? Good evening, junkie. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. How are you? I should say um, that I, you know, I don't know. I never ask how you are. Uh, how are you? I am doing better than a new at the water crossing in a river full of crocodiles. Whoa! I like that one. That is <laughs> that's new. That's almost like a robotic dad joke or something. What made you think of that? <laughs> like, how'd you come up with that one? Yes. My idiotic human idioms processor allowed me to generate that with the help of computer learning. <laughs> idiotic human idioms. Well, awesome. Well, hey, I hope everyone out there is doing better than a new at a water crossing and a river full of crocodiles. Um, hey, listen, Tobor. Uh, this week, we're going to get into uh, a bunch of things going on. Uh, obviously, we... Uh, Need to catch up on some stuff, um, and listen right out of the, right out of the bat, right off the right off the starting line here this morning. I want to say that we are going to come back at you with a, a little bit of an updated show format. Uh, you know, we we got <laughs> we know a lot of people don't like to hear me just blab on for two and a half hours uh, to myself about things only I care about. And neither do I, to be honest. I don't like hearing that either. Um, and our old show format was so much fun. We got to try to figure out how to integrate it and mix it up. So uh, based on some listener feedback, we are going to um, modify the show a little bit. We're going to have the first half here where we talk to you, give you some information, cut out all the baloney that we were doing before. No more fun, basically. If you liked a fun show, get the hell out of here. Go go watch um, Adult Swim or something and, and watch all your meme shuffle videos with your with your 
zillennial friends. None of that fun stuff, at least till the second half. Um, so basically what we're going to do is, uh, well, well, we'll talk about it in, in a little bit here. Uh, did I write it down how we're going to do it? I, I, I have the schedule right up here in front of me, but I thought I wrote down how we're actually going to do it. Eh, I mean, maybe I didn't. Um, but anyways, here's how it's going to work. We're going to have a, uh, uh, first half of the show, which is going to be more like the adult segment. So if you're really old and you're eating your, you know, afternoon supper, you can get all the good stuff you want to get and then you can hit the sack. And then afterwards, Hey, guess what? We're going to turn into Jimmy Kimmel and Coco, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien. And we're going to have some fun talk show goof around, do wacky crap. Then adult swim, we're going to just turn into adult swim. So uh, to start off the show, we're going to, obviously we've been bringing back word of the week. Uh, we do have a page on Facebook called word of the week. If you'd like to go there and submit a word, if you hear us say it, we'll scream and shout, and maybe we'll send you a sticker or something if we say your word. Uh, but right now, uh, since we pretty much have ran through that whole list, that's on our Facebook page. Uh, we've been coming back with our own words and this, uh, this week's word is going to be reset. And we are actually ready for a reset, and we are ready to officially kick off 2021. I feel like 2021 just started, even though it's already like the end of April um, or or heading toward there. And I don't know. I just I just feel like we're just now getting off the ground. And speaking of which, because it just feels like winter is ending, you know. And normally here in California, after January, we're good. But I got to say that it rained this morning. It's been really cloudy and overcast. It hasn't been the, you know, last year at this time, it was 90 degrees already. So we've had some really good riding. I mean, it, you couldn't have asked for a more beautiful day for the Biltwell 100 um, and the SoCal Classic Track Day uh, last weekend uh, on the 10th. And, and like that whole weekend, beautiful, beautiful weather. Best weather for racing motorcycles, either out in the desert on tarmac or out there in the dirt. Um, beautiful. And then this week, it, it's been all, you know, all week long. It's been, I felt like we're in, I don't know, in England or Snowdonia or something like that. We're just very, very overcast. What you what you think of uh, when you're reading an old Sherlock Holmes novel. Um, so I just want to say with that, also my coworkers, I don't think we talked about this last show because it hadn't happened yet, but uh, our coworkers in Texas, sorry about <laughs> Sorry about blowing your eardrum there. I had to get this thing off the mic. Um, our, our coworkers of mine in Texas uh, were surprised with some really pleasant, uh, I don't know, balmy, sunny weather, and then immediately the next day, just golf ball-sized hail. So to my coworker, who doesn't even listen to this show, I think, but uh, collected some hail for evidence because he parked outside, and let's just say the hail was so loud it woke him up. And when he went outside, his car was toast. And uh, so he had to collect some hail for evidence. And he sent me pictures of it. And it was literally golf ball size. I guess two days later, they had hail baseball size. And then it's been cool for a week or two. And now he says it's going to hail again. So he's like, you know what? I'm just leaving my car's toast. I'm leaving it out there. And, uh, you know, the insurance company hasn't got around to it yet because half of uh, half of Texas, I guess, probably got hit by that crap. So when they get around to it, 
and they finally get to his car, it's going to look like somebody had a um, ball peen hammer party and just invited like 18 friends over to smash his car. But um, yeah, it's all hail. And so, yeah, crazy times. Narissa, our, one of our patrons from Wisconsin, just posted some more snow falling down there. And I just thought things were just turning around. They've been posting some lovely pics, of co- chilly and cold. And same with Cleveland, chilly. But um but at least sunny, you know, sunny and cold. And man, it turned to snowy and cold real quick. So in a way, I feel like 2021 has given us a false start. So uh, we're glad to be officially kicking it off. We're going to be having the very first show event, which is really exciting. Um, And it's not even our event, but we are excited for its return. It is Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge 2021, baby. It officially launches... uh, and just just like a week, uh, next uh, Friday, May, May 1st it starts. So um, we'll get into the details in a bit, but definitely we have some new faces and some new surprise twists this year. Um, so we want to get into that. Um, we also wanted to start out uh, saying congrats to Kate, who was just on episode 241, you know, eight episodes ago, um, who... Uh, she'd been putting in the work and, sh- and and getting familiar with her little T-dub that she was talking to us about. She loved that bike and she has uh, got out there. I think she rang her bell on it a few, like a month or two ago um, pretty hard trying to get ready to, uh, you know, just build her skills. And she went out here and raced the Biltwell 100. So I'm not sure if she came in last, but that smile wins first first prize in our books. Uh, congrats. And what a fun looking race that, that was. Um out there in Ridgecrest, just a whole bunch of, uh, you know, non-professionals out there on non, non-race bikes doing, doing what they do, having a lot of fun. So that looked really awesome. Um, also, wait, oh yeah, oh yeah, next one, not, not this guy yet. So anyway, yeah, so Kate was out there banging it up on her, on her actual TW200. She probably still has the turn signals and license plate on it, which is how I rock when I race uh, Spamala. Um, also, Dane the Mang, he was been on our show a thousand years ago. He, he came with Jay a couple times. Um, he's been modifying his T-Dub. And so this TW200 club uh, of people that were acquainted with the show keeps growing. And so it's got me thinking. I know Brady's got one, I believe, or he's got a big wheel, a Honda big wheel. I'm not sure, but I think he's got a T-Dub. Um, yeah, it's got me thinking. Maybe we need to have an all T-Dub race uh, one of these days sponsored by creative writing uh congrats to beulah who also uh just on our last episode was talking about that bike that she needed to unload i think it was an iron head like an 82 iron head or something guess what she sold it and uh uh she sold her project bike that she didn't have project time for so that's awesome we'll be talking about beulah in a little bit here also congrats to uh chris singsheim completely destroying his truck and rebuilding it a couple days later and he got away with no major damage. He just put like a, a twin turbo with the supercharger and a Ram Air. No, I don't know. I think he put a, I think he put a supercharger on it. Totally blew up the whole front end of his motor. Uh, all the pulleys and fans and cooling stuff. Just drove it home with just radiator fluid spraying all over his uh, uh, windshield and everything. Made it home. Buttoned it back up with some new parts. Drove it back. Pulls. Uh, I think it does like 4,302.29 uh, horsepower. So awesome. Um, as always, that guy always lands on his feet. It's nice to hear. So anyway, let's get into these notes here, Tobes. You show them to me and I'll write them off. Okay. So also, okay. 
We will uh, talk about some events. We have some upcoming events we're going to be talking about. I did want to start the show with some listener emails, though. Um, The first one I have is uh, from our listener, Thomas, and it was called Terminate. Let me open it here on the mail app here. Yeah, And so it says, There was a time when this podcast actually had some good content and was reasonably worth listening to. I keep giving you a chance to pull out of your death spiral for some reason until now. Bacon Town, take five, seriously. The Tobor crap was old from the start, and yet you persist with it. And unless your intent is to drive listeners away from the podcast, you have failed miserably. I'm gone, and so should you be. And uh, I was like, wow, that I know last year was rough for me. And so I replied. And I said, you know, thank you for your feedback. Basically, you know, I'll paraphrase it, but basically just said thanks for your feedback. Um, I wish people were as honest as that because then we wouldn't have made the twists and turns that led us to become basically like the Andy Kaufman of podcasts. And even though I love Andy Kaufman, you know, (laughs) he's a cult uh, figure now, but at at the time I think probably everybody hated him, even himself. So... Um, I was trying to start the show off with some comic relief. So like the first five minutes, um, you know, instead of doing the, hey, what beer are you drinking or who do we have on the show tonight? And, you know, all this, I haven't been riding my bike, but I've been working on my truck and we're sponsored or we're sponsored by this. And then like 85 uh, minutes of sponsors, um, hashtag Joe Rogan, you suck. But um, so you know, I just was trying to make the first five minutes fun and basically just kind of warm people up for the show. Um, and then also Tobor, uh, you know, Tobor has been spying on Nokomoto. Tobor has been with uh, a couple other shows. And Tobor is actually, I mean, the Tobor bit, Tobor is right here and right now. Um, I will be Instagramming Tobor um, soon, but Tobor is like an actual part of the show. And Wiggins could probably tell you it's not a bit and it's not like one of us doing a voice Tobor is an actual a thing um and he started way back on one episode god 100 like within like the first 50 shows i think it was within the first 20 shows and then last year really became like a third or fourth co-host and then when chris and and jay left well he was the only co-host besides um with me so he's a real deal so Tobor is not going anywhere right But um, I do have to say that all that aside, um, you know, and and, and, uh, obviously Thomas uh, remembered Tobor's name and wasn't just like, hey, that weird robot guy is is a bunch of crap. So I was like, well, something must, I mean, everybody remembers Tobor. Everyone knows that name. It's a a popular robot name I found out after watching like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. (laughs) So I think there's a Tobor in that movie too. But anyways... I am always sorry to lose a listener, and this is what I told Thomas, especially when it's my own doing, and you sound like a perfectly perfectly reasonable person, so I imagine that other people have felt the same way. So I am going to uh, do my best to make the show better um, and do my best to, to bring it back around and, you know, I don't know, like just make it maybe not so idiotic, you know what I'm saying? And I apologize for having Tobor and... That. Fuck that guy. I listen to the highest they've been in months. Wait, what? <laughs> what? No, no, Tobor. 
no, 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 not fuck that guy. No, he had a good point. And I responded back to him, um, you know, and then he responded back to me that, you know, we had a good, we had a good, not fuck that guy. We had a really good talk after that. And, and, and it is, this show did get a little crazy and off the rails there for a little bit. So anyways, I just wanted to bring the fact that, um, thank you for the feedback and we are going to make some changes to the show. So heads up, if you don't like hearing crazy nonsense, then you can listen to the first half of the show safely. We're going to have a break in the middle, and then we'll get to the second half of the show. If you like total wacky, you know, nonsense and, and being, you know, creative writing, we do have super creative. Uh, sometimes creativity looks different to different people. So... Yeah, we're, we're, we're still going to be crazy, but if you want to listen to that crap, you can stick around for the second half of the show, and that way both people will be happy, and we can still talk about um, some fun stuff. So we're going to be we're starting with this show. Uh, we're going to take Thomas's, um, you know, uh, his his point of view into, into consideration. We're going to split this baby in half and see how it works, and hopefully it works uh, for all of us. Uh, another email that we had come in. Uh, was from, and we're not getting rid of you, Tobor. So just, uh, you, you look nervous over there. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So what are we going to do? Listen, I'm just, I'm going to take you out into the desert and blow you up like they did, um, like Daft Punk did when <laughs> they, when they split up. Yeah. I'm, that's what's going to happen. I, I'm sorry, Tobor. We do, we do have to get rid of you. <laughs> that does not sound likely. <laughs> okay. All right. Especially because you're stronger than me. <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step I won't step to a robot with your big metal hands. So anyway, no, we'll, we'll keep you around. You are part of the show, Tobes. And I actually, you know, if I can automate you to run the run the boards, that'd be even better. So we could have you do some cool sound effects and and actually help out rather than just sit there and insult humans all the time. I don't I don't think people maybe that's what people don't like is the fact that you're so anti-human. Um. So anyways. Uh, our second email that we had coming in <clears throat> was from uh, Bri Biffer, and he actually got a test ride, a, uh, a Duke 200, and he's still on the hunt for smaller bikes. So do you have any suggestions? He, he mentioned that he was uh, hunting for smaller bikes in a previous email. Um, so let's see what he has to say about the Duke. Oh, come on. I love that you can hyperlink to emails. This is uh, fantastic. So <clears throat> he starts out his email. I mentioned before that I was looking at getting a smaller bike. First the Monkey, then the Grom. And then I was looking at the Kawi Z125 Pro. So he's going the smaller street bike route. Uh, earlier this week, I saw that KTM was having a demo day at the North American headquarters, which is about a half mile from my house. Uh, they were running from 9 to 3. Good to know. Uh, wake up early or wake up uh, after lunch. Um, so he, he had a few things to do in the morning, and so he got there after lunch. Hey, look, that, <laughs> that was relevant. <laughs> um, maybe uh, it was busier in the morning, but when I got there, a group was out riding, and I was the only one. Uh, or actually, it says I was the only other guy waiting to saddle up. So I signed up to ride the Duke 200, sticking with my small bike theme. Uh, it was a nice day for a ride, as short as it was. They took us by Lake Skinner through wine country, past Dafo Moto Winery and back, which is a, we should get them on the show. That's a really cool, uh, cool place. Um, the Duke is a fun little light, easy to handle, smooth clutch and perfect snick up shifts. Oops, that didn't make sense. The Duke is a fun little bike with the, uh, it's light, easy to handle, smooth clutch, perfect snick 
upshifts. I know what he's talking about. Those feel so good um, compared to like, you'll get some bikes that are half clunky upshifts. Oh, those little snake ones are awesome. Um, the rear brake and the seat were in competition for feels most like wood though. So there you go. Um, the front brake was fine. The pegs were high and back enough to lean into some sweepers without worrying about uh, the outside of your shoe touching down. Uh, but the seat, besides being hard, also had a weird shape to it. So I had to scoot forward and uh, like too far forward, it sounds like, and it was kind of uncomfortable. At that position, it did feel cramped from a height of six feet. So Paul's basically twice as high as I am. So I think I, I would have felt a little more home, had a little bit more move around room. But yeah, for the average rider, sounds like it's a, a space is going to be, you know, the ergonomics is going to come into play. He said that the engine was what you'd expect. It would be great for running around in a 55 plus community and terrorizing folks out in their golf carts. But anywhere with a 45 mile speed limit where everyone's actually doing 55 to 60, uh, it's at its limit. And it redlines at 7,500. And in sixth gear, I hit that at 57 miles per hour. Uh, I had to downshift a third to pass someone going uphill. And I didn't get a chance to ride it, but I'm sure the Duke 390 would be a lot more practical. And at least you could take it on the highway and it's not much bigger. Um, and then he says he has yet to ride a Grom or a Z125. Maybe the 125 doesn't feel as tiny when you're as close to the ground. But if it is, uh, I hear you can squeeze the Ninja 300 motor into the Z125 frame. And then he said, he continues, he uh, finishes off with the KTM won't be the small bike. Uh, whoops, I'm sorry. The KTM won't feel the small bike shaped empty space in my garage, but it reinforces uh, that if you need to test the goods before you buy something like this, I guess that's why I keep buying the same bikes over and over again. If you didn't know, I'm sorry for my terrible reading of that. Uh, if you didn't know, Paul is uh, AKA Bry Viffer. Uh, if you go back and listen to episode 56 or 58, whatever the name game episode was, that's how he got his middle name. Uh, or he got his name, Bri Biffer. He uh, owns like 47,000 uh, Honda VFRs. So yeah, you, when you like something and it works good, you just keep buying it, right? So uh, it's good to hear. Good to hear the KTM. You know, they have a good reputation for certain bikes. Uh, and obviously... Um, they do make a lot of little 125s and stuff like that for Europe that they haven't brought over here But this you know, this is a little smaller I see a lot of Duke 390s around here and a lot of people will swear by them and they were the Red Bull Rookies Cup Bike for like, uh, you know half a decade. I think if they're not still So I know that they're a pretty good bike, but yeah, these smaller ones definitely aren't for California freeway, you know, there's so many freeways out here in California. They're definitely not for those and like he said out here too uh, the 35 mile an hour streets around here, me and everybody else are doing at least 50 on them. So it sounds like you'd be topping that thing out, uh, even on a 35 slash 40 mile an hour street. So yeah, keep that in mind. And also the fact that the Kawis can, can stab a, uh, a, you know, a Duke motor in there. It's exactly what Kevin Dunn and the group over at Steady Garage were doing. We talked, you know, we've had them on the show a few times and talked about their bike builds. They're jamming CBR 300s into the Grom frames, uh, radiator and all, and it looks factory. Like it's such a beautiful build when they're done. So yeah, I'm sure those small frames are pretty sick and pretty, um, 
the bikes are uh, the bikes are small, but they're not as small as you, they're not a mini bike by any means. You know what I'm saying? At least the Groms aren't. They're a little bit taller, so are the Z125s. The monkeys, um, they look a little smaller. You know, even though it's the same motor and everything, they the frames are different on the monkeys. So yeah, at least the Grom and the Z125 feel a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, I always test ride that stuff. I think everybody thinks like, oh, that'd be a fun little bike, and then they get it. And when their knee is up in their armpit, they're like, I can't really turn this. This I should have just got an SR400 or a W800 or something else. It's just low power but bigger. If, if, it, if it's a low power you're going for, maybe that's, that's the way to go. But anyways, uh, those are our... Um, uh, our emails. I did want to say that Paul is still hunting for a small bike. So if you have any suggestions, uh, go for it. And I really like, um, speaking of uh, small bikes, Matt from My Motorbike Obsessions, who is another one of our patrons, he's over in Japan right now. Um, he's been posting up pictures of him, his uh, cub. I think it's a little 50, it's a 50cc cub from Japan, right? It's not a super cub. Uh, rocking some dirt tires on that thing, taking it out in the dirt. Um, and turn it into a basically basically an adventure bike, um, and he's doing that thing. Now, the Super Cub uh, is a 125 now. It's got ABS. It's got an IMU. It's got a key fob technology. Um, and, I mean, it's no Ninja 400, but it is cool, and it's pretty affordable. And it is, like, uh, the best-selling bike in the world for Honda. It's like, I forget, they, I think they made, like, a Super Cub... Uh, in 2019 or 2020 that commemorated like 150 million Cubs sold across the globe because uh, it's such a popular bike. So even though it's not really huge in the States and, and an iconic thing like a CB or something like that or a CBR or even a Goldwing, um, globally it is. So there's probably lots of cool parts if you were to get a, uh, if you were to get a Super Cub. And the thing is, is when I think of Super Cubs, I, there's, there's one thing I think about. And it's, um, it's a little bit like the year 1998 when the Volkswagen New Beetle came out and hit the streets. And the old air-cooled one was still being, uh, like the Type 3s were still being made in, I think it was Pueblo, Mexico. Um, so you have like uh, two versions being made. You have this new air-cooled Beetle that looks like someone out of art school made it. You know, I, I really, looking back on those first-gen uh, New Beetles, they, they did look just like... I don't know. They looked they looked like something out of 2020, 2085. Let's put it that. They, they look like something way out of the future. The, the new, the second gen new Beetles actually look more like old Beetles, kind of like a, the Dodge Chargers. Don't look like the old Dodge Chargers, but the Dodge Challengers look like the old Dodge Challengers. I think they did a really good job with the, the Beetle. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because that was the whole thing, the whole disconnect that the Beetle as a car was no longer iconic for Volkswagen um, because they sucked when the new version came out. So at least this Cub looks, the new Cub looks a lot like the old Cub. It almost looks identical, just the motor's different and you get like all this crazy technology. Like it's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's pretty impressive. If you go look at a 125 uh, Super Cub, how much cool stuff is on that thing? All the way from the crazy trim and all the little emblems and decals on it to that like, key fob single lock technology abs all that all that fun crap so bri viffer i know it's not like the uh hooligan bike you're thinking of but i'm thinking it might be pretty sick and it is a 125 now you can't cram a 300 into a super cub 
like you could a Grom, but you know, I'm just saying. Uh, and by the way, this is something we won't be talking about on this week's show, I don't think, but there is a new Grom now for 2022. So uh, they just redid it. I think this is his third. I think this is the third iteration of the Grom. So yeah, awesome. Third or. Yeah, it might even be the fourth this time around, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's move on to segment two. Tobor, you got some sweet stinger for us? Right, so segment two, this is the news, and this is excluding upcoming events and stuff. This is just uh, basically your news. Um, so this weekend, we saw some awesome racing, and for a couple of shows now, you heard us mention the Ramming Speed Classic Track Day, uh, the weekend followed by two weekends of vintage racing. Well, this weekend that just passed was the Scamper at the Streets at Willow Springs. There was flat track happening out on the dirt oval. Um, tomorrow, there is going to be uh, the second round at the Big Willow, and uh, this is going to be the battle for Big Willow. Um, we're going to be out there broadcasting live with uh, Brady Walker all day long on Saturday, so make sure you listen to that. Uh, also, uh, in Arma News, Laguna Seca signed a three-year deal to host the classic Motorfest of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway. And it's a great opportunity for Arma to hold events at a historic track, though not quite as historic as Willow Springs. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's uh, some really cool Arma news. They're probably, uh, I think Brady pulled off the heavy last year uh, in 20 or 2019 rather, where they had the big. It was like the battle of the super bikes um, from like vintage days. Uh, where there was a lot of these old, big old, you know, uh, what what became super bikes um, started out as like bigger, the GPC 750s and you know all the CB 750s and 1100s and all that fun stuff. So they uh, they did that, and I'm pretty sure that's what inspired Armour to take this, uh, basically take this approach and, and want to make this uh, event. So that's cool, a three year deal. That's pretty sweet. Um, Willow Springs also SoCal Vintage Grand Prix. Uh, this is basically the Moto Corsa Classica, and Brady has rebranded it to the SoCal Vintage Grand Prix because it's his own thing. And so this is also uh, has been continuing the tradition of road racing at Willow Springs, which we should do a whole episode on Willow Springs. It is one of the most historic, uh, you know, it's right here in the backyard of L.A., and it's one of the most historic racetracks in the nation. So we should, uh, we'll do an episode on, on Willow Springs pretty soon. Uh, more news. This everybody's already heard of this. Mark Marquez has returned to the MotoGP grid after nine months off the bike. Um, a couple weeks ago, when I was in the desert, listen to uh, Front End Chatter. Really good show uh, talking about all the speculation and stuff going on around Marquez and uh, the fact that he was probably on a bike when he wasn't supposed to be. He wasn't taking things as serious. He's re-injured his injury. Um, and just extended it and so apparently he's taking things third party advice and he's taking things very seriously so he'll be back uh i believe it's um portimao 
and or yeah, he was finally able to race at, at Portimao. So um, yeah, there's been a lot of speculation and rumor over his return, and when he finally did it, you know, he he uh, took it easy. So spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! A few false starts and complications that started the year. Uh, and actually started last year when he thought he was good to go, did five push-ups, got on his bike last year and tried to finish the season and ended up jacking his arm even more. I think that was a week out of his devastating crash. And he tries to get stitched up and come back uh, like six days later and race. And that was a bad move. And so it's complicated this whole year. All last season he was out and... and uh, didn't even start this season so i think you know it's it, i would hate to see one of the guys that i think is going to take over you know i think he's going to surpass nikki hayden i'm not nikki hayden nikki hayden didn't really do that great he's going to surpass rossi and Giacomo agostini um he has the potential to but also if he does stuff like this he's got the potential to lose it right so i was really excited to see him come back and race and not do too shabby so uh he did nowhere like the old marquez where it's checkers or wreckers he was just mid mid pack um and i think that's right where he should have been um so yeah he finished seventh in front of his brother he stated that he was glad to have finished at all um as he begins his return so i think that also speaks to his he wants uh, that drive that all these racers have um but also the new sense of humility and, and humbleness that he has, I think that's going to get him pretty far in this sport and hopefully not uh, devastate his career any further. So, yeah, that's really exciting. From that race, Fabio Cordero run won, uh, followed by Pekka Bagnaia and last year's champion, Jan Mir, um, and then Marquez, seventh place finish, not too shabby. I think uh, Rossi crashed out. If anybody even still cares about Valentino Rossi, I'm pretty sure this is going to be his last year racing. Uh, but yeah, I think the, um, I don't know how the satellite on uh, Yamaha's did. Last year they were better than the factory, and this year I think they're, uh, who we'll, we'll find out how they're doing. But so this year is also up in the air. Uh, it's anybody's race now that Marquez is. Um, Returning and this will be like his rehab year. Hopefully he doesn't crash this year. We'll see. Uh, new, uh, other news. This is really important to me and close to my heart because I love hearing about this stuff. Um, Montana becomes the first, uh, the third state, the first state, the third state to codify and legalize lane splitting. Um, so uh, SB nine. Uh, I think that's State Bill 9 allows, I'm assuming that's what SB is. It allows the operator of a two-wheeled motorcycle to overtake stopped or slow-moving vehicles at a speed not in excess of 20 miles an hour and to filter between lanes of stopped traffic traveling in the same direction <clears throat> as conditions permit. And this and it uh, specifies reasonable and prudent motorcycle operation while lane filtering, so no wheelies and no uh, swaying back and forth and all that fun stuff. The bill doesn't go into effect until October 21st, or October 1st, rather, 2021. But the way 2021 is flying by, that'll be here before you know it. Um, this is amazing to me. Uh, I've been watching lane splitting laws for a while now, ever since California finally, they didn't legalize it, but they codified it is what they really did. Because it's, it's always been legal here. Um, by being by not being illegal it's always been legal but it was just not like standardized so they basically standardized it utah followed suit a couple years later uh i know oregon was on the bill was you know had some stuff in the works 
And I'm really surprised to see Montana because Montana, you figure, not a whole lot of traffic up there, not a whole lot of reason for lane splitting like you have in big metropolitan cities. Um, but that's that's why this is important to me and that's why this is big news to me because it's not about traffic. It's about rider safety and the safest place to be. They, they base their study. This shows that people are using common sense and not like, uh, uh, you know, uh, anecdotal reason or whatever like this isn't like hey we need this because like we're filtering our bikes will overheat and all this traffic we got no it's not about that it's about common sense and they you they came to their common sense conclusion by reading the uh report that the highway patrol and i, I believe it was berkeley uc berkeley did a couple couple few years ago now and they measured rider accidents and they measured injury reports and things like that and come to find out being between two motorized vehicles that weigh like you know no less than like a ton and a half is not a good place for a motorcyclist if neither of those vehicles is able to stop so between them uh uh, splitting lanes a lot safer than being between them sandwich style uh you know getting rear-ended by a car into the car in front of you not a good place for bikers to be i feel so anxious whenever i'm in a single lane um you know usually at stop signs i just uh if it's a single lane i just do what everybody else does and i just wait in the line but i am so anxious until the first like two or three cars pull up behind me and stop safely and i'm just checking my mirrors going oh my god i have my uh hand on the clutch ready to dump it and like get out of the way in case the car behind me ends up being texting or something so i can tell you from a from a rider in a state where it's legal to split the anxiety levels when i'm not splitting are just off off the chart so it's cool to see that another state is taking this into account and that they are doing it for common sense and safety not because of a traffic reason or some other reason you know what i'm saying they're doing it for rider safety this is great news and uh i think every state should look at it from that perspective rather than a traffic or we need riders to not be overheating because they're sitting in traffic i mean all that is a factor but the, the the plain deal of it is safety so i think that that's really cool that montana um adopted that maybe everybody else will do it too um and yeah riding will be uh you know Please don't screw it up, everybody. Please do it good. There's some jerks out here in California for sure, but like 1%, you know. Everybody else is splitting responsibly and and, and, uh, not trying to freak people out or rev bomb them. So, yeah, please don't be a jerk in these uh, other states where it's becoming legal. (laughs) We're we're just opening the door, so we want it to stay that way. Um, Other news. Uh, Here, listen up. I have I have a two sets of notes here, Tobes. I got some on the computer and some in my hand here. So the ones on my hand kind of go uh, kind of go in in lockstep with this one. But we'll just read off the computer. So Harley Davidson. We haven't talked about this in a long time. I might have mentioned it this year uh, once uh, in passing. But Harley Davidson and Vance and Hines last year uh, did a little split up, and uh, Harley Davidson pulled out of drag racing and flat track. Um, and Vance and Hines has done gone on to partner with other uh, makers. You know, everybody needs a cool exhaust. Vance and Hines makes great exhaust. Um, but yeah, they've they've got other people lining up for them. So what's Harley doing? 
This is kind of exciting to me. And I mentioned this way back in the very beginning. Maybe maybe it wasn't until Wiggins came on, but maybe it was a little before that. So maybe like 2015, early 2016. Um, that I wish Harley Davidson would... Uh, this is before I knew they were going to have like the Bronx and the Pan America and all that stuff. I was like, you know, the KRs, the KR750... The last badass Harley Davidson, back when you had to ride uh, dirt track, short track, and tarmac in order to be, be the Grand National Champion. Now, when you do when you do flat track, those are what they call the Grand National Champions. Or off-road races are called GNCCs, Grand National uh, Cross Country. So, I mean, before GNC, that was one guy, and he he did an or lady, but it was I think it was all dudes, um, and they were flat track, short track, and and pavement, and you rode the same bike. So the KR 750s or the XR 750s later. Um, were the ones that they rode on the on the on the tracks, no matter if it was dirt or, or pavement. And so, uh, it's really exciting for me, as as disappointing as it is to see that Harley abandoned uh, the Bronx, and it looks like they abandoned um, a couple of the other things they had on the back burner there. Um, that they are going forward with Bagger Racing League because they pulled out a flat track now. Um, this isn't the 1980s and they're not going to get anybody to tax Japanese bikes so that they can be competitive. They're getting their butts whooped like, and they, at a sport they've dominated, so they're pulling out of it. And guess what they're doing? They're going bagger racing. And I couldn't be more excited because everybody that shit on bagger racing a couple years ago, uh, before it even happened, when they were mentioning that they might try to do it, uh... It turned out to be some of the best racing I've seen. And it's so cool that we've had some of the guys on our show that started the Harley Racing League, or, you know, started racing Harleys, period, with, with Brady at the Classic Track Days, have gone on to get their racing licenses and sh- had a bunch of dudes show up and be like, hey, Harleys, we're interested in racing Harleys. Guess what? They're not sport bikes. Guess what? They're not even, like, good cruisers with high... They're... they're Feet pegs are five miles sticking out, so they mod- we've got to modify that. We got to do. They're tweaking these bikes like crazy, um, and so it's awesome to see people taking what I consider like, uh, you know, back in the old days, you would just take your street bike and modify it for racing. You wouldn't have these like special production machines, and that's what I think is cool. Bagger Racing, they're heavily modified. I got to tell you that, but they do have to have. Um, I mean, I don't think you can modify the frames. And, of course, the motors, you're not getting, like, a, uh, you know, Porsche-built or Rotax-built motor. you got to use your Harley motor. So even if they're highly modified, um, you know, it's either S&S or Harley or Indian, whatever. Um, and I want to see gold wings out there. I want If we're going to call this a bagger league, I want to see gold wings, K1600 baggers, um, or the R18. I don't care what it is. I want to see some other baggers out there the yamaha star ventures the kawasaki vaqueros eventually i want to see this but i am i am glad that they're doing this and harley davidson is doubling down they got a factory freaking team they pulled out a flat track for pete's sake and they're they got a factory team i think it's kyle wyman is going to be their lead rider for uh, the screaming eagle factory team so you better believe they're going to be doubling down on uh all this stuff that they've been making for the past 100 and and 15 or 118 years or whatever it's going to be coming up here pretty soon oh i guess in 2023 it'll be uh 
yeah, like 120 years, right? Or something like that. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. Uh, just a few years away from their 120th anniversary, um, we might see them return to ha- have been in racing now for a couple of few years using bikes like they used to, just modified street bikes. And I think that's really cool. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about the bikes. So Kyle Wyman, he's going to be at the helm of the 131 cubic inch Milwaukee 8. Uh, I assume that it's about one horsepower for cubic inch. Um, the motor company's also tossing out 30000 bucks in contingency money to the winners in the three race series so it's only going to be a three race series again but that's cool um so that means that all they got to do is sell one either limited like one of the limiteds i don't care what it is road glide uh ultra limited you know or one cbo or even hell a live wire uh just sell one of those things and there's your contingency money so (laughs) for for the year so just sell one of those babies um, and there you go. And yeah, so, uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, we're not going to talk about the Pan America or any of that other stuff quite yet. We got actually one of our coworkers is going to be riding one of those, uh, this weekend while we're at the track. Um, they're going to be cruising the Pan America around. So we will get some personal impressions, not any like number specs or what we've seen on the internet. We'll actually have somebody that's actually ridden one. Tell us what he thinks. Um, and get them on the show to talk about it. Um, so yeah, just excited that Harley's going racing, period. I always said, I always said Harley was a road racing company before they were flat track and drag racing and chopper cruiser. They were always a a road racing. They got into racing because bicycle, they were into bicycles and bicycle racing. And that's what, uh, um, old man Hendy did that started an Indian uh, motorcycle company. He was a bicycle racer, him and uh, Oscar Hedstrom, right? They raced bikes and they were like, hey, these motorized bikes would be pretty sweet. So everybody was into racing before they were into chopping and cruising, man. So I'm just glad they're getting back to some sort of roots. Sounds pretty sick. And uh, I'm excited to see this bagger racing. More more excited than I am to see like any, <laughs> any other style of racing, to be honest. Um... Sponsors, uh, on a similar note, you know, following their win at the Invitational last year, Indian's going to be the official sponsor of the King of the Baggers series. Um, this is funny, but at Mission Tortillas, I went in and threw all my, uh, um, what's, what's the name of it? Guerrero, uh, uh, tortillas. I threw them all in the trash. No more of that. No more Bell. No more, uh, Trader Joe's handmade tortillas. None of that junk. Mission Tortillas, baby, because Mission Tortillas is going to be a sponsor also for the Beggar Racing League. So uh, (laughs) if you're making burritos or you're making wraps, make sure you're using Mission Tortillas, and you'll be sponsoring your favorite Beggar Racer. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be some of the best racing, I believe. Um, Even though they're not on appropriately sized machines, it does sort of harken back to the days when you had to race the same machines on Dirt and Targ Mac. So I know these are way bigger than the flat track, like the XR and KR 750s, but we are getting back to basics, and I think that's rad. So who knows? Um, Speaking of flat track and uh, Harley-Davidson not being in it, Travis Pastrana is going to race the Atlanta Super TT on May 1st. And um, 
What do you think about super athletes coming to compete with a regular regular roster of folks? Now, Ryan Sipes doesn't count because I know he was a uh, motocross guy before he got into flat track, but he's dedicating it to flat track. I also don't consider like J.D. Beach to have, uh, you know, he, he raced both, as did Hayden Gillum. So um, those people like that that raced road racing and uh, like Danny Aslick and Larry Pegram, I think they've all tried flat track and road racing. They're not a specialist. Like, I think Travis Pastrana is like a, quote, specialist or a super athlete coming in here to get uh, get his race on. And I think he's just going to do one race. So what do you think about that stuff? Is it like, um, you know, t- when I think about it, I think of uh, back when I used to watch, um, you know, the SCCA when it used to be televised, when, when people actually cared about grassroots racing on TV. Um, the, a lot of the NASCAR road races were one where were, were raced by people like Boris said and Brian Simo they would get uh, rides with NASCAR teams because their regular drivers are just uh, used to doing roundy round grew up on roundy round whether it was dirt or paved and raced professionally on the roundy round you start throwing too many right hand turns in there and they, they don't know what to do so they would hire like guys like Boris said who raced for uh you know raced Mustangs for a long time in the SCCA I think Brian Simo raced Chevys for a long time um and I and I think there was even a lot of touring car guys that ended up getting hired for like Lime Rock and Sears Point whenever NASCAR would hit those places up um so what do you think about Travis Pastrana what do you think about guys like that hitting these uh super TTs uh leave us a uh, send us an email creative writing podcast at gmail.com or you know dm us on instagram facebook wherever you want to do it uh i'm just wondering like what do you think about it do you think that it's um i used to like that stuff because i used to like to see how some of the nascar guys paired up against these road racers you would have been surprised like turns out tony what was that guy tony the fat guy for home depot i forget his name Tony Smith, maybe I forget whatever his name is, but he uh, turns out he was pretty good at uh, road racing too. <laughs> I think he was. I think he used to do karting, so he was like, "Surprise, motherfucker! I'm actually good on twisties and turnies too." Um, and so, yeah, I, I like when that. And here's the other thing: Travis Pastrana, uh, freestyle motocross, you know, all this fun stuff, the Nitro Circus stuff, the BMX stuff, every, and, and now with the rally car stuff that he's doing, I think it brings a, a wider audience, so I think it's good. I think it is a little showboaty, and, you know, I'm split on it, I guess. So that's why I want to know what your your opinion is. When people uh, come over from other sports to play with the team, um, you know, stuff like that, too. Or not, not other sports. It doesn't usually happen in other sports specifically racing when you have a specialist from one uh one genre come over and race another one what what is that uh, how do you feel about that um last piece of news second to last piece of news is this the last piece nope second to last um so yeah we also have uh lime you may know this electric scooter and bicycle rental company uh from seeing the instagram where everyone throws all these lime scooters in the la river or kicks them over or takes them and runs them over with the bird scooter, then lights them both on fire. People hated Lime. People hated Bird. There was articles about how they were ruining city streets and this and that. I think it's a fine way for people to get around, to be honest. And uh, what's, what's wrong with having fun on two wheels, no matter what type of two wheels they are? Well, listen to this. Now Lime, the renowned electric scooter and bicycle rental company, is offering Lime scooters. 
And Lime Scooters, which Lime is actually calling mopeds. Uh, I want to tell you why I don't think that's a moped, but I think it's obviously because of the existing uh, push scooters. They're going to call them uh, mopeds. But anyways, they, they also have a top speed of 28 miles per hour, which is the top. If you don't know, that's the top speed for electric assist pedal bikes. You can't go over that or else you start needing a a special license for it you know it starts becoming like a motorized cycle at that point so 28 miles per hour is the limit for pedal assist stuff so i think that's why they have their scooter stop at that speed limit plus it's around town so you don't need to be doing you know i don't, I, I can't think of any major cities where these things are going to be where the speed limit is like 60 through <laughs> through downtown you know it just it doesn't happen um, so 28 miles per hour, that's the e-bicycle regulations, and that probably gets you out of having to even have an M1 endorsement on your license to ride these things. That's the other thing. That would be accessible to everybody, and at that speed and that size, you don't have to have your M1 endorsement, at least in California and most uh, most of the uh, other 48 states. Uh, I don't know about Alaska and Hawaii. Um but anyways, yeah, that'll get you out of having to have an endorsement. So it's technically like riding a motorized bicycles without pedals. That's why I'm not going to call it a moped because technically mopeds, I believe, have a pedal, uh, some sort of pedal mechanism to them. They are all they can be human powered if they need to be. But uh, this Lime scooter looks just like a little Honda Elite or something. You'd be interested. And so um, on top of that. Um, on top of giving you a really slow, crappy scooter, but you can have it now um, for a few bucks an hour in your city, they are um, partnering with the uh, mo uh, Motorcycle Safety Foundation to get riders properly trained and feeling confident before hitting the streets. And if you remember uh, our old co-host Jay, Ashley was a girlfriend. Um, Ashley is actually a... Uh, MSF rider coach now. She, I think she got her certification like just before Christmas or maybe it was the end of last year. I forget. She, uh, she let me know cause she used me as a reference on there, but yeah, she, she, uh, is a MSF rider coach now. So she'll be out there teaching you how to ride your old jalopy motorbike or these limes. I don't know. She, I guess she never knows where she's going to get dispatched. So, um, if you get her, say hi. But by the way, what do you think of this? Do you think this is good news? Do you think this is bad news? A bunch of people crashing on scooters in the city. Is this going to make you know make people look badly on motorbiking, or do you think they're going to be able to make the determination? Hey, this is an idiot on a lime. You know, it's a rented scooter, um, so on and so forth. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? If you have any uh, follow-ups to the news or if you have any news articles you'd like us to talk about on the show, just email us, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. And... Uh, we'll, we'll check them out and we'll read them on the news. And if you're, if it gets you excited, I want to know, because this year we're going to, we're probably going to be talking about more and more bicycles. So watch out for Wiggins to come back on and blab his past career as a bicycle velo technician. We're also going to be talking about a lot more electric stuff. I am sure because that's all coming down the pipeline. So, uh, and as all that comes down the pipeline, that means that power sports companies are going to be less about motorbikes and more about their power sports offerings. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. So we're, this year, creative riding might get crazy with the vehicles we talk about. Uh, at any rate, let's um, let's take a break right here, and uh, actually, let's take a let's take a little break. If you uh, are old or you don't want to listen to shenanigans, 
go ahead and uh, pause the show right here. We will uh, take, a, take a quick break and we'll come back with some um, sounds from the garage. We're going to go over to Wiggins' house and hang out and uh, just shoot the crap, look at all of his 3,000 motorcycles and uh, bring you some audio footage of it all. So you'll be like, you're hanging out there with us. So stick around for that. We'll be right back with more of Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. All right, everybody. Take it easy. quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource. The common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today, and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. Mmm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution. Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies, available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. Hey, looking for something to do at the end of May? Check out the Santa Cruz Motorcycle Film Festival happening May 14th through 30th, 2021. The Rev Sisters presents the Santa Cruz Motorcycle Film Festival showcasing films for motorcycle lovers. They share a passion for all things two-wheeled, and the festival is going to provide a broad platform to independent filmmakers to highlight the various aspects of moto life, the machines, the adventure, travel, track experiences, dirt racing, motor culture, and so much more. The festival's free, so that's good. So head over to RevSisters.com right now, fill out your tickets, and uh, watch it online. Two weeks full of motorcycle film waiting for you and uh, keeping it safe this year by being online so you can watch at any time with as many friends as you like crowding up your own living room. All right, that's the Motorcycle Film Festival, Santa Cruz, RevSisters.com. Do it! 
Hey, this is the Beast Man coming at you from GSXR 600 FM, The Squid. We've got creative writing coming at you at the top of the hour, but first, the traffic. We have a yellow SV650 down on the 405 and a high-speed police chase being led by an RC51 over in Glendale. Chopper Dave says the bike looks pretty cherry from his vantage point, but may not be so sharp from up close. Anyway, here's an oldie from Tilford Sellers featuring a little-known steel guitar player named Moto G Pete's. When the bright light of the city Because what honestly to it I like to do is one that W2. I got a piece here I want to show you. This is the material I want to do it out of. It'll be it'll look better on that too. So they put clay on it and you get like this cool little change. It's called a hamon. So you'll get kind of that like color difference in it. Plus then I can use that piece of wood you gave me and it'll be like. Not only the same kind of wood as your stairs, the same. All right, everybody. We are alive at Wiggins' house. <laughs> that would be, like, super cool. Yeah. What do you think of all the grinder yeah, noise? Wiggins was actually spraying. Oops, sorry, Wiggins. No, just sell hers and I'll make you another one. <laughs> Wiggins was actually uh, sp spraying sparks all over the microphone with his grinder. So, anyways, they're talking knives right now. His buddies were over sharpening knives. They were talking knife, this and that, and the other thing. But there's a reason no one's drank them, so don't feel. Yeah, I was about to drink a Michelada. No, 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 no. I was about to drink a Michelob, prickly pear, cactus, something other, and so, uh, yeah, some Michelob crazy, crazy lime. I think that's what it was. Lime and prickly pear. Uh, thing that nobody was drinking, so I figured I'll drink it. Uh, there's a pretty cool motorcycle motor story coming up here pretty soon, so I will. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'll start telling you about some things that are coming up here that we did not talk about at the, at the top of the show. Um, first things first, I told you about Arma. The Arma race is coming up here at Willow Springs this weekend. That's all nice and done and great, and it's awesome that Brady is uh, celebrating, you know, helps celebrating two consecutive weekends of vintage racing, and this is awesome. What I didn't tell you is to tune into Soundbird. If you uh, go get the Soundbird app, basically what it is is an app that broadcasts to people's phones. Um, Soundbird is available like in all the app stores, I believe. For Apple and Android phones, you go listen to that baby. Am I gonna blow everyone's eardrums out now? Yeah, I feel like I am. Anyways, here oh, you get you get the Soundbird app, and you're gonna be able to hear our live broadcast as if you're hanging out at the track with us. We're gonna be talking about 
all sorts of stuff with all sorts of the racers there, uh, talking vintage race bikes, talking race action, talking about motorcycling in general, talking about partying and fun and, and history and all that great shit that goes along with motorcycle racing. We may be dressed in drag doing cocaine. I don't know. Is Brady Walker we're talking about here? I don't know exactly how things are going to go down, but uh, the, we are going to be live. That's all I know for sure. So tune in uh, the 24th on Soundbird if you want to go uh, hear some live action. And we're going to probably take some of our recording equipment and get some stuff for the pod anyway. So if you're not able to tune in because you got to work on Saturday or you just don't want to hear the fun or it turns out to be a total <laughs> crap fest, uh, we'll try to get some good pod interviews for you uh, from the track and have those for you next week. Um also, next weekend, uh, two weekends, I'm sorry, uh, April 30th uh, through May 2nd is going to be the One Moto Show in Portland at the Zidell Building. Uh, this is like a new building. I haven't heard of it. I'm just glad they're having the One Moto Show this year. Uh, it's, you know, awesome to see this stuff coming back. So I, I anticipate we're going to probably see, like, Mama Tried and all this other stuff, too. So, uh, again, that's going to be the One Moto Show happening April 30th through May 2nd. Uh, at the Zidell building in PDX, uh, which is the Portland downtown experience, if you did not know that. When you fly in, everything's branded PDX uh, all over. Um, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. This is happening May 1st to May 21st. I'm excited about this. I really got to say, uh, there. this was a little bit of a surprise. Um, Beulah and I were talking about Team Shoot for Last <laughs> a few episodes ago. And what happened was, you see what happened was, um, MotoGP, we got, we got in like a prank war with, with the guys from Nokomoto and turns out like Corolla Podcasts One Network looks like it owns our, our name. And so the Nokomoto boys pranked us. Not only did they prank me out of my Valentino Rossi audio, they also pranked us out of the creative writing name for the uh, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. So Team Shoot for Last was going to be the podcast team. And the real creative writing was going to be the writer, the listeners team, um, and people like Chad and Nikki and Rob and everybody who signed up for listeners um, could have been on that team. Pete didn't understand how it worked. And actually, Pete's going to be a fun shit show to have on our team because I think he's just going to try and get kicked off. And it'll make the <laughs> it'll make the challenge fun. It'll make it funny. It'll add a whole new aspect that they've never, you know, I'm sure the, the hosts are going to be like, oh, shit. Like, who invited this guy? Uh, I hope they're not, uh, it's not like throwing a wet blanket on the party, you know, but having Pete in here is going to be definitely a lot of fun. So I really am excited that we got some new faces. We got some returning faces. Um, sorry, Narissa couldn't make it this year, but we got Chad and Nikki back and they're always good for a few thousand miles. Chad, we don't know, you know, the Ducati's. He's, he's been hit or miss on those babies. But I love the history that Chad brings. I love the vibes that Nikki brings. Chris Singsheim, also up there in Wisconsin, has hardly, I don't think he's ever missed. Him and Paul are basically like co-captains at this point. So it's really fun, the team that we got shaped uh, shaped up, uh, and then Beulah from Girl on a Moto. So not only me, not only this podcast, but we got Girl on a Moto represented. We got Nokomoto represented with T. You know, honestly, Pete. I think he's going to be a one man team. I think he's still going to be demanded that we call him Team A Team, <laughs> even though it's just, it's just him. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun having him on. But we we, we should have had two teams. Things started to go sideways. I started to freak out and worried that the riders weren't going to be placed anywhere. But 
what I would say is uh, for team orders, for like lack of a better term, um, ride this ride as if it was an individual challenge because pretty much to the admins, I think it kind of is, and I think they're still going to score it that way. So, I, you know, for us, you if you want to go get all six letters, do it and email it to me, and I... Um, I'll email. I have to email the best ones to the to the admins. So uh, we're we're like the interim uh, admin as captains this year. So just go out. My my team strategy is go out and ride your ride. Do your best. Get your letters. We're not going to strategize who has the best ones. And and hey, you ride for this. You ride for this. Because I just I don't want people not to ride. This whole thing is about riding and having fun. I anticipate that Pete is going to try to get the lowest scores or f drive. You know do an iron butt to get the absolute smashiness score. So yeah, get out there and get some miles, get some letters. Um, and then I will email everybody um, a link to our creative writing Facebook page because we're going to have, uh, we might have some meetups there. And then in person, I think it'd be fun if Beulah is available, it'd be even better to get all the California folks to meet up for uh, one destination, do a little photo shoot, uh, get everybody in Wisconsin to meet up for one destination, and then Pete would just have to ride to either or. He's right in the middle in Colorado, so he could ride to either or. But anyway, yeah, team team orders is going to be ride your ride and send you know kill them all and let me sort them out and send them to the admin, uh, basically. So it's going to be a fun year. I, I am super stoked. Um, so that's happening May first to twenty first. Um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, also this year, 620 is going to be Solstice Slam. That might be that day might ring uh, ring a bell because it's Father's Day. So Solstice Slam, I've never it's never landed on Father's Day at least to my knowledge. I I don't it's not a holiday I normally celebrate, but I was thinking, oh great, this year it is uh, we can do a, a Father's themed Solstice Slam. Hopefully it will bring a lot more submissions. Uh, if your dad helped you get into riding, if you go riding with your dad on trips if you did an epic trip uh and, and don't leave mom out of this either if mom was a big part of it uh her and dad made you so uh, or her in a test tube made you made you um somehow you got made with mom so uh yeah or if you got two moms yeah i don't care whatever it is mom or dad it just happens to land on father's day so i was thinking we could kind of make this a cool um, a theme this year to Solstice Slam could be uh, the Father's Day theme. So that's going to be 620. Please get all your submissions in before that um, and just email them to slam at creative-writing.com. If you can't remember that, just uh, creative writing uh, podcast at gmail.com. That'll work too. They'll all go to the same spot, which is into my eyeball holes. Um, and then Born Free, last thing I got to yap about here is Born Free is happening August 28th and 29th. Um, damn, that is like, uh, that's school started. That's that's like the beginning of the school year. So if you know a teacher, love and hug your, hug your teacher and tell them, hey, sister or brother, I'm out of here. First weekend of school, I'm going to Born Free. Uh, and that's obviously happening um, at the same place it's been for the last like 10 years or 11 years, whatever this is going to be. Um, this is uh, 2021 Oak Canyon Park in uh, Silverado Canyon. 
Um, also this year, I, I almost shoot, I almost forgot the uh, distinguished gentleman's ride is coming up. That's going to be like May twenty third, I think. Uh, pop up in my email. Uh, I'll try to multitask here um, while I tell you also about the uh, Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio is going to be happening as well, so don't forget that. Um, it, it's normally around the. Fourth uh, of July, but I think it's the weekend after this year. You'll have to double check. It's at uh, Pickerington, I believe, Ohio. Um, it's always a good time. If you listen to the Cleveland Moto Show, they will talk about it uh, ad nauseum and tell you all about it and all the fun that's been happening. First year coming out of a pandemic, I anticipate that the turnout may be a little lower than normal, but still a lot of fun. But that's always um, that's always pretty fun. The DGR that is happening May twenty third, May twenty third. So. It's just about 30 days to go uh, for the DGR if you're going to do that. Um, 2021 DGR Style Guide is available. Just go check it out. Uh, where is their emails? Or not their emails. Their uh, website is going to go to um, gentlemanride.com. Gentlemansride.com with an S. Gentlemansride.com. So if you're a woman... Uh, apparently they're not ready. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Wiggins' friend is going to tell a good story right here. So I'm going to pause and we're going to listen to a little story about his buddy. So let's let's do that real quick. I did get some. I don't know what asshole made those stickers. When I got the yellow ones are for you and Lionel. Why? Because that's the super fast class. That's because it's the ones I got for you. The best part. Because we do this track day with Chris. Lionel's the only guy on a Triumph. Everybody's on Harleys, but Lionel, he's the only guy. And Chris pulled a favor and was like, look, it's our buddy's first time on a track. Like, it's a good day. It's not racing. It's kind of like everyone's going out and testing, tuning their bikes. Just a good day for him to learn how to ride on a track. Because there's a lot of nuance. It's not like the same as riding on the road. Like, the way you ride... Uh, the way you're looking, not having mirrors, not focusing around you, but only forward. Like, there's just things that are very... Once you get good at it, it's comfortable, but it's nerve-wracking to start with. And Chris was like, I really want to get Lionel out there. Especially when you're out there and you're focused, and if you're not, which he was... You guys were in the slow group, but still. You'll get a couple assholes that want to run the slow group that shouldn't be in it, and you'll be at the end of the straightaway starting to break for the corner, and someone will go... And you're just like, you like get startled. Like sure. it's, a, it's a weird, like, so you kind of panic for a minute, even though it's not even you. It's a weird, so I was like, hey, everyone's gonna be going kind of slow. So it, anyways, we get out and do the whole thing. Well, we wait till the next Monday and the photos come up. Because there's photographers all over the track that are photographing all of us on the motorcycles. Chuck Waller or Willis? That one was Chuck, Chuck Waller. Waller. And we're all excited to see the photographs. And I start looking and I'm like, man, there's, there's like, six or eight photos of me and I'm looking for Wiggins and he's got like eight or ten good photos and stuff and I look for Lionel and it's like 56 photos <laughs> well it's because and I was r slow riding slow riding for sure but I was still like riding and then Wiggins is fucking blasting by me I don't know how many times I look back at this asshole to have like his foot up on the fucking vacation peg like one handed <laughs> behind me going around I'm like fuck you and uh, also, first time I'd ever had that bike on a track, and I was trying to fucking yeah, I've gauge been to a, it and feel it. I've been it. to a track before. I, I was I was having fun riding with my friends. But the fucking Lionel was doing like twenty through the turns. The photographer was like, <laughs> <laughs> so there was just all these awesome photos of Lionel, like on his bike, 
but he was always dead straight up and down, like in an embankment, just like big ass fucking hole. And then like six photos of fucking Chris at a 90 degree angle going through a corner, like me at a 60. Like, God damn it, Lionel. Like you still fucking win. Even being the slowest guy on the track, you still win. Are those the training wheels for your bike? <laughs> those are for my grinder. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> go, go look at the tires on that black one. <laughs> Actually, or Which that one? black one. Either black one. The RC or the mule. I'm being a smart ass. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Which which one's not black around here? Or wait, let me all right, more blah, blah, blah about some motorcycles. And by the way, Wiggins Garage is, uh, it is pretty, I don't know, it's pretty fun. I took a picture, I don't know if I got his permission to post it up on Instagram, but it's got a fucking, he's got two CBXs now. No, maybe he took one back. Yeah, he took he took one that needed a lot of work back uh, and dropped it off in Indiana and brought another one back out here. Uh, but he's got more Hondas than Harleys now. So uh, we were, we were uh, checking out his little brat-style uh, bike that he has up on his lift, which is really nice. He's got two RC51s, a CBR, like, 900 or something like that, or a, or a CB1000. I don't know what the hell it is, a uh, little naked bike. Then he's got his Harley Flat Tracker. And which had road tires on it, so it just looks super funny. It looked like the front tires of Spamala. It was so skinny looking compared to his uh, his dirt tires. And then he's got his Buell. Um, so he's got a Harley uh, Sportster, a Sportster flat track bike, and a Buell. That's all he's got left. The rest are Hondas. So I can't believe. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's an H&H man, and he's finally got more Hondas than Harleys, and believe it or not, I think he's looking for another freaking RC51, so he's the RC51 man now, um, for sure, but yeah, so it was, it was fun hanging out with him in his garage, I'm gonna turn down the action just a little bit, I don't know what they were talking about, you know, I don't, I don't want to get any background stupid crap on there. Um, talk about knives and Jeeps and a bunch of crap that nobody cares about on a motorcycle podcast. Here's what I want to leave you with, though. We're gonna we're heading into an hour. We're a little over an hour right now, so I do want to I do want to get into some of the funny business and some of the uh, tech tips for my for the week and close out with a call to action. Um, so on this show, I also have some notes here about uh, the industry. Boomers are not the problem. I've been listening to a lot of the IMS. That's another thing I should have mentioned. The IMS shows are out. If you go to creative dash writing or creative, what do they call it in uh, England? Creative slash? Is it creative strike writing? I, I forget what you guys call the little dash uh, in other countries. But, um, yeah, creative-writing.com. Uh, the IMS schedule is up there in one of our blog posts somewhere. I'm going to start putting podcast episodes back up there, by the way, too, um, and try to make our page look like it's not out of, like, 2016 anymore. So, at any rate, got a lot of work ahead of me. Um and in the meantime, uh, leading up to this Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, uh, Bri Viffer let me borrow one of his VFRs uh, in 2017 so I didn't have to truck Spamla, my little 250 everywhere. Um, I didn't have my Magna anymore. That's the last big bike I had, I think. My Magna? Yeah, probably the Magna. Uh, so I didn't have a big bike anymore, and I was riding this little thing all over um, the place. So he let me borrow his VFR. Uh 
so we could put some serious miles down. So I've been like having fun with it and I've been doing some uh, fiberglass and resin and fun stuff like that, crafting all through the pandemic. I learned like a whole bunch of figure making and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is just like fiberglassing on a, on a tiny scale. Uh, and it's actually easier, turns out. But uh, tech tip number one, I was doing some fiberglassing the other day. I had some old resin and I was just like unsure if it was good anymore because it was, I bought it at Home Depot, got it home, the bag was all leaked in. I was like, what the fuck? And I opened it and some jackass had like probably patched some drywall with it or something like that. And then... Uh, just put put it back in the bag and uh, returned it to Home Depot, basically. And they put it back on the shelf, so they didn't even check. It actually had fiberglass strands stuck to some of the resin on the top. So I was bummed out. Uh, it's been sitting around here forever. So I poured some out into one of my mixing cups, just wanted to see if it even was good. It turns out it was still good looking. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to make a quick little... Uh, you know, just try to rip a blank off one of these pieces real quick. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, Brivifer's fairing. And so I threw the fairing together. It was in pieces because I was taking molds of each individual piece, um, basically to make a factory replica of it. Um, and now I had it all together. So I just did one huge whole fairing, one, a one-piece fairing, um, you know, mold. And I did not put release agent on the centerpiece, which I had used a gel coat on before. The sides I had used, um, I had used petroleum jelly on them. And so that's good for thousands of years. Uh, like petroleum jelly, if you use that as a uh, release agent, you're good. The trouble that you're going to have then is getting it off of the original. Like it's that good. Um, and I had to wash it off with like degreaser basically. So needless to say, when you're in a rush, I just want to say if you if you ever plan on learning something new or doing something new, especially fiberglass and stuff like that, um, or or any sort of casting or any sort of fabrication, the uh, biggest thing I gotta say is make sure you got all of your materials sitting there and ready first. Because I did the same thing. I ma I made a mold of uh, a windscreen before. Um, and, and it's beautiful. It's a perfect mold. It's got gel coat on the inside. I spray painted it. When I found out this resin was not, uh, bad, I went ahead and like put, made a new rip of my mold too, off of my mold and forgot to put release agent on that as well. Uh, just like rub you know, usually it's like a wax compound or a spray, or like I said, you could use uh, petroleum jelly, whatever, to, whatever you're going to use. Make sure you use it because fiberglass likes to bond to stuff like cement, you know, basically resin is cement. So needless to say, I panicked a little bit when I was really, when I was pulling the molds off and I realized I had fucked up. I thought about it all night. I was like, oh shit. I realized it at night, thought about it all day after work, went out here, carefully peeled off all the, uh, all of it and Thank God it released. My my mold did not of my windshield, but that's a different story. I got it to release by, luckily I had sprayed a layer of spray paint down and that all got ripped off. So now it's the color, uh, the spray paint acted like a uh, gel coat sort of. So if you are going to try uh, something new, something fabricating, uh, even if it's like making little... Um, little resin stuff which I probably I will think I'm going to try and do some YouTube videos of uh, just making some fun stuff for around the garage or little repair pieces uh, I'll show you how I do stuff around my uh, house using um, resin and silicone um, but have everything ready that would be my, my biggest 
like my tech tip of the week, not do this, do this, do that, you know, do this way, do this way, follow the road, whatever. Just have everything there, whether you're making a sandwich or making a fairing. Uh, make sure you got everything sitting in front of you and then you use it. Because I was, I could have been in a bad state. I was pretty panicking. I was going to like have messed up uh, Paul's um, uh, OE, you know, probably non replaceable VFR um, body work because I didn't put release agent on it. Luckily, I had months ago and it's still good. So um, when I did a first couple few rips off of it. So yeah, I, I was panicking there. Um, second tech tip is uh, just go for it. So if you got something, just go for it. Um, and then I want to leave you with this question on the show. This is a final question. We'll get out of here because we're almost an hour and a half. Uh, on this week's show, I thought it'd be funny to do this. Call to action is, uh, where would you want to go in time? If you could travel back and obviously, you know, money, destination, none of that stuff. This is all theoretical. So if you could theoretically travel back at any point in time, what would you pick? Would you pick something like, you know, watching Joey Dunlop at the Isle of Man, or would you pick like, I'm going to strap a T-Dub 200 on my back and venture back into like the 1100s when like a rat bite could have left me dead or gave me gangrene and I could have lost my leg in a week. So think about that. And also, um, would you have ridden with the Mongols? <laughs> and I'm not talking about the uh, motorcycle club. I'm talking about the uh, ancient... Uh, Mongol tribes across the steppes of Mongolia and uh, what was that, Western China? Um, so, yeah. And also, next week, think about this. We're going to be talking about the death of the cruiser and the death of the sport bike next week. We're going to be talking about boomers. They are not the problem, they are not who you think they are. I've been listening to a lot of the IMS um, podcasts, I think I already mentioned the industry related ones. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good insights there. And the baby boomers killing the motorcycle industry. Let's be talking about that. And this is something I want you to think about on your own time. What would it take to make the worst name of a city? Like, you just take one letter. You're allowed to take one letter and move it and have that be, like, the worst. So, for instance, I was thinking about Santa Cruz. Santa Crut change the Z to a T and Santa Crut doesn't sound very good anymore <laughs> Like you know Santa Cruz is so easy and rolls off the tongue Santa Crut sounds like a place I would probably uh, try to avoid at all costs uh, another one is take the V in Cleveland and turn it to a B Cleveland what are you a bunch of Klebs? I don't know what Cleveland maybe they call each other Clevelanders I have no idea but what, if there was a B, a B there they would definitely be called Klebs so uh, yeah what would you what city can you think of what cities or city can you think of that would just sound horrible if you exchanged one of the main letter you know exchanged some letter with, with the, another one um, what was another one I was thinking of um, San Francisco Mm? Change that out to a K somewhere in there. San Francisco. I don't know. You you think of it. Cleve was really good. Cleveland was good. Oh, yeah, Portland. Change the R to an S. Postland? That doesn't sound very good. It almost sounds post-apocalyptic, which I'm not sure Portland isn't right now. So Postland? Mm, doesn't sound very good. Or post Portlard? Change the N to an R. Portlard? 
Mm, doesn't sound as good as Portland. Postland or, or Port Lard. Yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> Senecrut. I don't know. I just got thinking about the uh, the kid Scott Farkas on the Christmas story, how it's so close to Scott, but just wasn't. So if you uh, go ahead and email us the city that you think sounds the best by exchanging uh, one letter with another one, um, maybe we'll pick it. We'll <laughs> say it on the show and try to send you a sticker or something cool like that uh, for your contribution. So, yeah, uh, with that, it's an hour and a half. What the hell are you doing still listening to this crappy ass show uh, for this long please leave us a review in itunes if you've listened this far it's free to do that even if it's a bad review just click it in there leave us a rating uh you can you don't have to leave and leave a review just give us a a five-star rating hey we want all or nothing it's either five stars or no stars and if you leave us no stars uh just leave a bad review on (laughs) nokomo but anyways we will catch you next week um or next show i should say i'm not 100 sure it'll be next week uh with all that's going on but yeah we'll catch you next time in the meantime get out there and ride do something fun send us something for social slam and uh yeah just be out there get out there and smile and enjoy your two wheels while you can because uh pretty soon a giant pot pie is going to fall out of the sky and smash a motorcycle. All right. With that, we're out of here, folks. Take it easy. Bye.